I think every person like naturally believes that they will fare well in any hypothetical situation. It's like when somebody's watching a movie, an action movie, and they critiquing the person in the action movie. Obviously, the action movie is exaggerated and they create a plot where the main character goes through these ridiculous trials and evades death on a consistent basis throughout the movie, fucks the bad bitch, and you know walks away with the check, the money, the treasure, whatever the fuck is the premise of the movie. And the person that is the viewer of the movie, uh, they put themselves in that character's shoes and they say, I would have done this different. What the fuck is he doing? He didn't see this coming, you know? I think that's like the natural, with men in particular, men, <laughs> men in particular think that they could be in any circumstance and farewell. And I want to keep it real with myself. I want to keep it real with myself. I was just thinking to myself, I have that emotional predisposition. A lot of the times I look at different circumstances, uh, historical premises, movies, fantasy. And I say, if I was in this situation, this is what I would do. But I don't know. Because I'm drinking uh, sparkling lime water. (laughs) And my night would have been ruined if I didn't have this. I'm just going to be honest. That's how fucking American I am. That is how spoiled I am. That is how conditioned I am to a particular lifestyle. I'm not living the lifestyle of the rich and famous, ladies and gentlemen. At least not yet. But guess what? I, I depend on certain things as I get older and I get more comfortable in this American bubble. And it's American reality that I exist in and I'm very privileged to exist in. Regardless of where you are on the totem pole of society in the USA, it's not as bad as it could be on this fucking planet. (laughs) Definitely in 2023, we're up against some motherfucking shit. For people that were born 70s, 80s, 90s, 60s even, and you alive... In 2023, you alive and kicking in 2023. It's not easy. This is a different motherfucking animal. It is not a time where you go outside and there's like a fucking feudal lord or a king and he sees your wife and he's like, yo, I want to fuck your wife. And then he has you abducted and thrown into a dungeon and he's just cracking your wife (laughs) at the top of the tower. It's not that type of time. We're not in those times anymore. Right. But it's, we're up against different challenges. We got to face the Internet. We got to face advertisers, marketing, psychology in a way that I don't think human beings have had to face this head on at this level before. It's just a different fucking time. And with all of those challenges, it is a lot fucking easier, though. It is a lot fucking easier. <laughs> and I think it makes people weak in some ways and strong in other ways. It's just. I guess it's evolution. I imagine, you know, as Neanderthals started to evolve closer to what we are, the modern man is, there were tendencies that were left behind, like taking a club and cracking it on your favorable mate's skull and dragging her behind a rock and fucking her brains out. You know what I'm saying? I think that got left behind (laughs) as our higher faculty started to develop. And they probably viewed the, you know, the people who were stuck with those mentalities, traditions, or mental dispositions. Those Neanderthals probably looked, they probably looked at those other beings that were starting to evolve, and they were like, they're fucking weak. They, that's not how you fuck a bitch. You don't whine and dine. You don't give her roses. You don't take her out on a, you know, 
take her around the fucking village and try to impress her, do a dance for the bitch. You take a club and you crack her in the fucking head and Fred Flintstone fucked the bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the way it was. And so we just always are changing and getting weaker in ways and stronger than them. You know, I, this is revelations, ladies and gentlemen, of a dehydrated man. I am currently drinking a sparkling water with lime in it because I'm that weak. I can't just drink plain water. I need my water carbonated and I need it to have some lime. I'm a bitch. Let me take a sip. But I am drinking water for functionality. I did have to spice it up with those added qualities because I'm American. Because I like the things I like and I like it in a particular way, ladies and gentlemen. But the function is because I'm fucking dehydrated. I got a stomach bug. I don't know what I ate. It might have been a minor case of salmonella. I don't think it was salmonella poisoning. Um, I did eat chicken. I went to this place called Salada. Fucking Salada. You, this is how uh, fucking dumb I am. <laughs> this is how stupid I am. I think rather than it just being a mishap, somebody was dirty in the kitchen or something was mishandled or maybe the chicken salad that I ate, the chicken wasn't cooked 100% properly, wasn't cooked 100% through. Instead of that flowing through my brain for why I have the sugar shits for the last two days, I assumed that it was the, the lady serving me had bad energy. You understand how fucked up my brain is? <laughs> this happens you grow a Puerto Rican. Like a bitch gave my food the evil eye and now I've been shitting mustard for the last two days. It's horrible. I will say, on a scale of food poisoning, I think I've said it before on this podcast. If you're a continual listener, God fucking bless you. Come come through the gauntlet with your boy. Keep on doing. We climbing, baby. We're going to get to the motherfucking top, and you're going to get a golden star. You're going to be able to say, I listened to this motherfucker from the start. You know what I'm saying? Day one. Day ones. I've said it in previous episodes that there is no sickness that is comparable to getting food poisoned on the island of Manhattan. I, I know what they say. They say you go on vacation to one of these Caribbean islands. You don't drink the water. You don't eat the food. You better be careful. Bottle water. Be careful because you could get sick and it could fucking take you off of this planet. That's what they say. I'm going to challenge that. And I'm going to say go to Manhattan. Go to Columbus Circle. And find one of the many competing halal trucks and go order yourself a lamb over rice. <laughs> get a combo plate. You know, fucking, you can get some E. coli poisoning and you can get some salmonella. Go get a half chicken, half lamb over rice, extra spicy with a lot of white sauce. Nobody knows what that white sauce is. I'm pretty sure they, they're fucking doing something to it. Go eat that. If you don't get sick the first day, do it three days in a row. I guarantee one of those motherfucking meals will take you out of commission. You will have a droplet of pigeon shit in your food and you will have horrible food poisoning. And that will be worse than any diagnosis of COVID or whatever the fuck is circulating planet Earth that all of a sudden fucking vanished. You understand what I'm saying? It's serious. All that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I just went through the worst diary of my goddamn life. <laughs> my asshole muscles just fucking gave up. It was a fucking stargate. It was incredible. It was Pandora's box in the shape of a wrinkly pink ring it was horrible my ass was just screaming water it was just screaming liquid out of it it was fucking crazy son it was fucking crazy and i think it was salada i think it was that chicken i also thought it was the lady serving it that had bad energy um don't really know what was going on but my toilet really fucking caught it 
my toilet really just got the bird's eye view of something that was demonic. It was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. This was, I've had COVID. I've, I've had the flu. I've had the New York City flu. Really fucking disgusting and bad. I've had pigeon shit on my halal food, food poisoning. I've had everything you could fucking imagine, ladies and gentlemen. This was the worst diarrhea I've ever had. My girl says neurovirus. She said that the, the speed in which I ate something and felt sick and it flushed out of my body, that speed is like more common with neurovirus food poisoning. You know, it wasn't that serious. I wasn't vomiting. I had a fever the first day. And then it was just like the rest of it was just... <laughs> It was a marathon for my fucking asshole. Jesus Christ, it was bad. It was fucking bad. You know? I think everybody has that universal experience. When you get sick, it becomes religious after a while. (laughs) And I just converted to a different religion. I just converted to a whole different religion. When you're praying for your asshole, it's a completely different fucking religion. I was on the toilet. (laughs) And it was horrible. It was fucking horrible. I was trying to exercise a demon out of my butt. It was bad. I didn't know that the ass could produce so much liquid. You know, it was it was as if I was vomiting out of my rectum. Am I getting too gross about this? Let me take another fucking sip of this sparkling lime water. Ah, refreshing. I'm feeling better, though. I am feeling better. It, it was... Another part of this story that I have to be honest about, I'm trying to lose some of my bias, especially when it's not aiding me, especially when logically I can see in a situation I'm immature or I'm wrong and I need to change. I want to I want to be adaptable in this lifetime. I don't want to be the guy that's rigid and I can't make changes and can't implement changes. And I was the first thing I did when I realized that I was sick is I panicked and I went to the source I just told you guys that sometimes when you get sick, it's a religious experience and you might find God. That's not what I did. I went to to the real God. I went to the iPhone and I went to his uh, begotten son, Google. And I said, Google, help me solve my fucking problems. Once a motherfucking again, your track record is impeccable. And I said, what do you do when your asshole won't stop shooting out the fucking water? You know what I'm saying? When your rectum turns into a super soaker, what, what do you do? What do you do when every time you wipe, it's mustard yellow? Like, what's going on? And Google said, uh, BRAT. That was the acronym. It said bread, rice, applesauce. I forgot what the T stands for, but you get the fucking point. You want to get stuff that binds your stomach and that would stop that fucking liquidy endless river coming out of your fucking crack. And so I read that and... You know, I'm just going to be honest in the situation. I just didn't believe it for whatever reason. There was no, it was just my fucking conspiratorial Reddit brain. I was like, this is a lie. This is too easy. Impossible. First thing that comes up is really going to solve my problems. I feel like there's something really wrong with me. And I over fucking thought it and, you know, went through all the motions of continually shitting. And I think on the second day, my, my stomach was really fucking going off. I asked my girl for a banana and then it just stopped. <laughs> So thank you, Google. And I was being a fucking stubborn asshole for no reason. The answer was right there. 
Um, so a little tip for anybody who's a continual listener, you know, you don't only listen to expedite your thoughts because life is hard and it's stressful and maybe you need to unplug and you need to let somebody think for you. That's not the only reason that you tune into your new favorite goddamn podcast. Maybe you took my advice in the past and it's biting you literally in your motherfucking ass and you have diarrhea. You went to New York City, you got some halal food and now you're sicky wicky. And now I'm giving you not only the problem, but I'm providing you the solution. Call me a motherfucking politician. Eat a banana. It will bind your stomach up and stop that fucking horrible experience. I do want to talk about, though, you know, because I I do this. I don't know. I have this tendency, this habit that anything that happens to me, I like to interpret. Maybe it's like an artist in me, the observer in me. I don't know what it is. But since I was a fucking child, I can't just experience something. There's got to be a deeper meaning. (laughs) I think maybe this is the curse of people with a high level of awareness in life. They just see too much. And there is this necessary reconciliation for the overabsorption of stimulus that's around them, for the oversight, for the looking at everything and analyzing everything. You need to then draw meaning from it because otherwise it can be a bit maddening. And I did so. Um, and was thinking about like, as I was fucking experiencing the worst diarrhea of my goddamn life, what is that about being in horrible pain or an uncomfortable situation where everybody finds God all of a fucking sudden? And does that annoy God? (laughs) Does that annoy God? Is God upset about that? He's like, yo, you didn't believe on me, believe in me when you hit the fucking lotto or when you, you found that, you know, a couple hundred bucks right before Christmas or when you, you crashed your car by the highway and the good Samaritan. You didn't believe in me in any of these situations. You know what I'm saying? I got you out of jail free. All these situations, I saved your fucking ass. But when you're sitting on the por- the porcelain throne and your fucking asshole chamber is just unlocked. It's just full, fully unlocked. Floodgates open. All of a sudden, you believe in me. You know, that would annoy me if I was fucking God. I would be fuck- I'd be annoyed. I think God is probably above being annoyed. But I challenge any of my listeners that are atheists, you know, I say maybe you are in a place that is too comfortable. Take my advice. Go and purposefully poison yourself. And there's other ways to do. You don't have to go take a trip down to Manhattan and go to fucking halal food, whatever the fuck that stands for. And you know what I'm saying? Get the lamb with the spit in it. You don't have to do all that. All you got to do is go to your local Mexican restaurant. And just annoy the shit out of the waiting staff. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just purposefully be a piece of shit. And they will deliver you something that will make you sick. They will deliver you something that will fuck your stomach up. And then you will find God. It's a quick remedy. Pastors need to... They just need to fucking throw away their whole game. That whole script that they go up there. And they quick talk. And they... You know what I'm saying? They put people in a spin cycle. Song. Testimony. Song. Testimony. Preach, collection plate, testimony, you know, that whole fucking vortex. They need to quit that shit. Just go up there and they really care about people finding God. Just food poison the whole crowd. And I guarantee you, those people will walk out of that place seeing Christ. They will know God. <laughs> they will know God. It's fucking incredible, man. Um, yes, I prayed for my asshole. That's a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that weak too? Is that a weak characteristic for somebody to, 
you know, there has to there has to be like a range of prayers and they get sorted by importance to least importance. You know what I mean? I'm assuming in this hypothetical situation, I'm assuming heaven has the same filtration system as uh, the North Pole. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's like the fucking naughty or nice list. I don't know why I'm thinking about it in those terms. Uh, but the fact that you don't know and I don't know, I'm just going to make it up. And I think God has like the, you know what I'm saying? The most important prayers on the top and the least important. I, I, I imagine my prayer was not answered and was not even listened to. And my body just had to work it out on itself. But I definitely sat on my toilet and prayed for my asshole. Because that is a horrible thing. When you're shitting so much that your, your butthole feels like it's about to fall out of your fucking rectum, it's not comfortable. It's not nice. It's not a great experience. Uh, for anybody who thinks I'm fucking harping on that too much, it's going to happen to you one day. You will get horrible food poisoning <laughs> or bad diarrhea for whatever fucking reason if you, it hasn't already happened. This was just my fucking eye-opening experience of Jesus Christ. Diarrhea could get really fucking bad. It was bad. Um, yeah, man. Take another sip of this goddamn La Croix. La Croix. Uh, I've been dreaming about the fucking ocean. I've been dreaming about the beach lately. I talk about it a lot, but you got to talk about the things you fucking love. You got to do the things you love in this life. I love podcasting. That's why I do it. I have dreams. I have hopes. I have wishes, but nobody gives a fuck, right? No, I like to think everybody loves me and everybody cares and everybody wants to see me win. That's that's the, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to Forrest Gump it mentally. Through all the obstacles. That's what I'm going to fucking do. Jenny. Um, that was a bad Forrest Gump impersonation. But you get the fucking point. I've been dreaming about the things that I love. I, I dream about the ocean. The ocean is so, it's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. It is the majority of the planet. I like to think of the ocean as one thing. I know that you know human beings categorize it. It's not even just human beings categorizing it as separate things. You ever been on YouTube and fucking searched up where two oceans intersect? I didn't think that was a real fucking thing. That is the sickest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. It's like different, literal different bodies of water touching each other and they make like a fucking line. And you'll see one side is like, you know what I mean? Blue and the other side is green. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oceans look different. They're made of different organisms. They, they have different creatures in them. That's wild. But all that being said, I like to think of everything as one. The ocean is one big thing. And isn't it so fucking magical? Isn't it so fucking magical? The way that that works, that we are just land creatures and we dominate the land and our egos are possessed to believe we're the gods of this earth and we're not the most populous creature on the planet. We are not even creatures of the most populous terrain. You know, we're not water creatures. We don't live under the fucking water. There's probably beings on this earth. We're always worried about aliens. We're always worried about fucking extra extraterrestrials. And you know what I'm saying? Graylian alien going to come down and put a probe in your fucking asshole. Everybody, they have, we have all these fucking theories about this shit. But nobody wants to theorize about the mermaids. No. Um... But seriously, what if there was like intelligent be beings in the deep sea and they were just under such intense pressure that we don't have the technology to, to get to them? You know what I mean? 
I'm sure that somebody's had this thought a fucking thousand times. I probably had the thought a hundred times. It's been many sci-fi premises, but it's it's just beautiful. And I think that's what makes the ocean so enticing and magical to me is the aspect of it being so vast and unknown and unknowable. Isn't that beautiful to be before something that is undeniably unknowable, you know? think unknown is what everybody's scared of people they fear two things i think mostly there's you know, all these smaller categorizations categorizations of like fears specific things that somebody could fear but the, the broad concepts that human beings fear change and the unknown and i think certain people don't fear those things because they challenge themselves to face them on such a consistent basis that becomes more of a habit to face them or they become more numb to that but naturally human beings are are scared of change and they're scared of the unknown and i you know i force myself to kind of stay in that space of like trying to explore the unknown and explore change because it that's where magic is you know I've talked about this time and time again. There's beauty in magic and just in that mindset. There's so many ways to perceive this reality that we exist in. And you can get lost in the feet on the ground uh, ways of the world. You can get lost in the following the rules and abiding by society's standards. You can get lost in the uh, physical reality. You could also get lost in the mental world of ideas and fantasy and dreams. Um, and you don't want to get lost in any of those things, but I think it is important just from a sense of like choosing the way that you experience to live. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people focus on that. I don't know that a lot of people spend time making the distinctions. Like I want to live a life where things appear to me this way. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I make the choice to try to look at life in a magical way because that's the world that I want. There was this great movie I watched when I was a younger man called Big Fish. I'm not going to give synopsis of the movie. I would just recommend anybody who trusts my opinion, which I think it's a lot of you guys, and I appreciate that. Go watch Big Fish. It's a beautiful fucking movie. It's a little bit long. (laughs) It's a little bit long, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it could have been cut down just a tad, but it's a great movie. And it's a tale about this guy who, um, he is dying. He's older and he's dying in the film. And his son, before his father passes, is trying to get to know him in a way that he wasn't able to in his lifetime. It wasn't like the father wasn't present. It wasn't like the father didn't raise him firsthand. But the relationship that this boy had with his father left the boy with so many questions because the personality of the father in this movie was very, uh, it was veiled in, in, in magic. It was veiled in mystery. And this father had a tendency when he was recanting memories of his childhood and the journey that led up to him being the man that he was uh, as he's talking to his son and trying to tell him about his life he would put spins on it that were very magic. And movie's beautiful because the movie kind of like pans back and forth um, 
between the current moment of the son trying to learn who his father is and the son's frustration of his father telling these tales that seem like lies, these magical tales about his past, just inflating his, his life. And then the past depiction of how the father saw his own life, these magical adventures that the father goes on. It's like real fairy tale like, but the whole essence and the point of it was this, this son was so frustrated with his dad because he thought the father was lying. And he felt the father was exaggerating. He was like, you're about to die and you can't just keep it straight with me. You can't just tell me how it actually was. And what he comes to find out is he was just misunderstanding who his father was. His father just saw the world very differently. And I think that is the rea that's more reality than maybe the majority of people, the way that they perceive reality. You know, from person to person standpoint, people see the world very differently. And there are people with interesting personalities who maybe don't even choose. Like I like to choose to look at things in a magical way, but there's certain people that it's not a choice. It's just the way that they see the world. It's the way that they perceive reality is different than other people. And if you go watch this movie, it will be very clearly laid out for you. Uh, this guy wasn't doing this out of malice. He wasn't twisting his reality and trying to make things magical and trying to make things artistic or inflating his personality or inflating the things that he's gone through in his life. He was expressing maybe even a reconciliated vision or perception he had and how he absorbed what was happening to him and how his life unfolded and telling his son as straight up as he could because that's how, he f how it felt. I think that makes sense if you really think about it. There's sometimes you could go and you could take somebody to a movie or to a live concert or just be with somebody and experience something that happens. You know, maybe a car crash in front of you. Uh, maybe you see a live sporting event and those two people, they're in the same uh, perspective visually and they're in the same perspective in uh, mostly all their senses, you know, how it feels, you know, how they're hearing. The, all those sensory things are kind of lined up and they will have two vastly different experiences because they're different people. And really what the reality is, is how you feel about it. And that will paint everything, you know, and just a little fucking insight into my personality. I feel magical, baby. Um, <laughs> you guys understand me. You guys fucking understand me. You know? I've been thinking about the ocean for that very reason. It is magical to me. No, I do not want to be reborn into a mermaid. That is not what I want. I don't want to have to learn how fishes fuck. Because I, I will be, regardless of what iteration, what reincarnation I come back into, I'm always going to be a Puerto Rican man. We horny as fuck. I don't want to fuck a fish. I don't want to fuck a fish. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, man. I just realized I'm a, I'm a water person. Like, I love the ocean. I love, I love nature in general. I think nature is fucking incredible. I don't understand people who hate nature. Uh, doesn't mean I judge them. I don't understand people who can't believe in God. Doesn't mean I judge them. You know, because then there's people who believe in God a certain way. And I don't agree with them. And I don't want them to judge me. You know what I'm saying? Like, live and let live. But I just see the world a very particular way. And that, that's fair, right? Back to my motherfucking LaCroix. LaCroix. That's what it is. LaCroix. If you say LaCroix, it almost sounds like liquor. 
and it is a can and it's carbonated. So my brain is like subliminally associating this sparkling water with a beer. And it's Friday. You get the fucking point, man. Marketing is deep. Or maybe it was none of those things. And it's coincidental. Or maybe you're an idiot and you're not paying attention. And they're just selling you every goddamn thing. And you can't even fucking tell. Who, know, who knows? But more importantly, who cares? This is nothing important podcast. It's not that fucking important. It is not that fucking important, ladies and gentlemen. I find myself uh, doing the things that I critique. <laughs> I find myself doing the things that I critique, ladies and gentlemen. I say, get off your phone, and I'm on my phone. I say, don't care so much, and I start to care so much. I say, don't read into the news because it's an angle, and they're trying to sell you something. And I literally get onto this podcast that I love doing this, and I spend the time I'm supposed to be doing something I love reading the news, poisoning my motherfucking fertile, gorgeous brain with nonsense. Why is it important? Why do I think it's my business? It ain't. It motherfucking ain't. Uh. Oh, very satisfactory. You know what I like? This is this, uh, I guess it's a theory or it's a religion or it's a philosophy, but I heard it and I like the idea of it. And I I, I just thought about it again because I just burped. I was like, how, how, it's incredible satisfaction that you can get from a good burp. And I think that is also an identifier that you are getting motherfucking old. I'm not old, I'm very young, I'm gonna be young for a long fucking time, but goddamn, that sounds like some old shit, enjoying a burp. Uh, With all that being said, it brought up this thought in my brain. I heard this theory, religion, philosophy, whatever you wanna call it, that we are all God. That we are all God fragmented, cut up. In this case, in 2023, Eight point whatever fucking billion human beings that are on the planet and counting that many fragments of God and it's just consciousness spit into human bodies and uh, then proceeding that the question would follow if we are God, why would God create us in our physical bodies in his physical reality and compartmentalize himself into eight billion fragments and throw himself into human beings and experience life through all these 8 billion different perspectives. And uh, the answer was to, to live, to enjoy life, to be. That's why God would do it, was to, to, be, to, to be alive, to live this life. And it makes sense sometimes, you know, like I just drank some La Croix and I burped, and that was fucking very satisfying. I don't know what's going on in heaven, but I don't know if they, if they don't got sparkling water and you can't belch. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get deeper into motherfucking philosophy. You could just think that heaven is all pleasure. You could think that heaven is all good, all the mother... And time, I'm not going to curse in that sentence because we're talking about heaven. But if you understand how pleasure and pain works, you know, and if everything truly is interconnected... And the things that are happening on planet Earth are just a microcosm or just an expression of what's going on elsewhere in our solar system, pan out, in the Milky Way, pan out, in the motherfucking galaxy, pan out, in vast other galaxies, pan out. It's just all the same thing when you zoom out, turns into the same pictures when you zoom motherfucking in, right? Let's think the same rules apply on heaven that apply on Earth. You can't have any pleasure without pain. So if it's all 
pleasure all day, people would eventually grow a tolerance to that in, in heaven and they'd get bored with it and the high would wear off, right? So maybe we are all God. We're 8 billion fragments of the good Lord and the reason that there's so much suffering is so that you can have pleasure because without the contrast, and you, you wouldn't see the colors, would you? Without a blank canvas, you couldn't paint on it. Without black, there could be no white. You understand what the fuck I'm saying? Yin and yang? Am I getting too motherfucking deep? Um, I'm just going to call this episode dehydration instead of uh, flooding waters out of my asshole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think dehydration would sell better. We're talking about marketing. Uh, what am I talking about? <laughs> I do link that, man. I feel very fucking confident in some of the very strange theories that I just pop out of my brain, but they feel so right. And I feel the law of probability is going to give me at least one of these ideas are going to be genius. And maybe I won't be recognized for my genius in this lifetime, but in a thousand years, somebody will credit me for one of these genius things that I say on my podcast. And one of those theories is that if you want a true epiphany, if you want a spiritual enlightening, if you want a genius idea, if you want the eureka moment, if you want to cure uh, a disease that's never been cured or recreate the flux capacitor from fucking whatever that movie was in the 1980s where Marty McFly went back and played guitar and stole the black man's song. You get the fucking point. If you want to be a genius and have a genius idea, you got to wait till right before you have to take a shit. And right after you take that shit, the release, the relief of the release, the relief of the release. That's the name of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. The relief of the release will give you an epiphany and you'll become a motherfucking genius for a moment. <laughs> and that's why I'm here just drawing such grand conclusions off of such menial things. That's why I'm able to rant to you in such a concise way. And this is all freestyle. It's because my asshole just exploded for two days. That's just genius serum. That's genius juice just spewing out of my fucking ass. And the second it was done, I had such an overwhelming relief. Remember we said no, no pleasure without pain. All that pain happened. And then the pleasure came and I was just risen up to heaven. And now I have a genius uh, podcast to share with you guys. Do you guys think that this is worth listening to? I think so because you listened to the whole entire fucking episode. And now I'm going to close you. You know, I'm going to close you. I'm going to thank you. That's how you fucking close somebody. I appreciate you. If you're continual listening to nothing important podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Thank you. Do me a motherfucking favor. Go on to the Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.